Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Rebecca Mazzino and with me is Tara Tuttle and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are talking about two things that are often used interchangeably or talked about as though they are the same thing and we are going to talk about them today because we don't believe they are the same thing and these things are happiness and contentment. So one quote which I think kind of perfectly summarizes where we're headed with this is one by Tim Fargo which is happiness grows best in the soil of contentment. And if that sounds like gibberish to you right now, hopefully our discussion will clarify what he means and what we think about that. Yeah, definitely. It will make more sense later. We just have to, we'll have to remember to repeat it Mm -hmm. at the end. Um, So, yeah, people talk a lot about wanting to be happy. And it's often stated as kind of a life goal is I just want to be happy. I just want my kids to be happy. Uh, Everyone just wants to be happy. You know, you hear that all the time. And happiness seems to be something that people are constantly striving for. And there are thousands or potentially millions of books out there that talk about happiness and how to be happy and get your way to a happier life. It seems to be the goal of everyone. And there's not too many people that wouldn't have that on their list of things to aspire to. Yeah, absolutely. Don't agree? Like most of us. Well, there's nothing wrong included. with being happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good would, thing. But would put it as a, yeah, as an achievement, as something that they're striving for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so before we talk about the difference between the two, we'll talk about what happiness is essentially. So the word happiness is derived from the Norse word hap, which means luck or chance. And I think this is kind of what leads us perfectly into our view of happiness, which is not that it is this everlasting state of being. Happiness itself is more of a short-lived, fleeting, kind of temporary state of pleasure. And this idea that it comes from this word which means luck or chance is that it is really out of your control almost it's like Mm. a temporary thing that happens Um, to you yeah yeah that's right and it it fluctuates that it's not it's not a static thing that lasts over time yeah and so and this is where um well actually we'll get to that later but um yeah so it's something that can come and go and it's a thing that we feel, it's an emotion that we feel and a, a state of being that will arrive and make us feel good and then it will go away again. And it is often dependent on external sources. So we're going to talk about a few examples of things that bring happiness and all of those things are external things. They're all things that happen to you. And um, so that's probably another a way to to look at happiness as um, something that happens to you. Yeah, and I think the fact that it is this temporary emotion is the reason we all feel we can't get enough of it, the reason we always feel like we have to continually strive. There's not too many people that arrive at a state of happiness and it stays with them. And I think if they think that it is probably 
that they have arrived at a point of contentment and that stays Mm. with them. Um, But the idea that happiness is this shorter burst, this, you know, more intense emotion that comes and goes. And that's why we feel like we are forever chasing it and can never get enough of it because it is not permanent. Yeah. Yep. So a couple of things that bring us happiness would be someone else, watching someone else be happy. There is nothing that will put a smile on your face and give you warm fuzzies like watching a baby laugh or watching somebody get given a gift that they've been waiting for or something like that. So that that definitely can make you feel happy. Mm. Uh, chocolate can make you feel <laughs> happy as well. Um That definitely brings me some happiness. Or you talked about other people receiving a gift, even receiving a gift yourself. That's well, definitely. Yeah, I don't know why we didn't say that first. (laughs) (laughs) Well, chocolate first, then receiving a gift. (laughs) If we're prioritizing them in order, yeah. Um, But yeah, receiving a gift uh, that'll make you happy. The the excitement of it all, and as well as giving yourself a gift. So shopping, buying things, bringing things home um, will often um, make you happy as well. Yeah, and that's that's why quite often people that are seeking this continual feeling of happiness end up buying more and more and get into this vicious cycle because that happiness doesn't last. You mm. get the burst, that great high, that release when you purchase something and or receive something new but then it doesn't last and so you think to get it back you need the next thing and that's why quite often and marketing and advertising campaigns are so clever about this Mm. because we are all chasing that elusive happiness we keep seeing products being advertised and we think if only I had that I would be happy if only I could get my hands on that I would be happy be it a new car or a new hairdryer doesn't really matter the people in the ads look happy and so we think well maybe that's the key to my ongoing Mm. happiness is to buy that get that obtain that thing and it's not a conscious thought either. For those that are listening thinking, oh, I don't think that when I watch an ad, you'd be surprised how it does affect your decision making, even though you're not actually, you don't actually think you consciously think that. Um, you, you would be unconsciously thinking it or you would be having your, your emotions influenced um, by it nonetheless because they are showing this thing called happiness that everyone, you know, wants more and more and more of. Yeah. And it may be doesn't even have to come in the form of, you know, commercial advertising. We also do this just watching other people. You know, you see someone and they're, they look really happy and you think, oh, they're happy because they don't have to worry about their weight, they're really trim and fit, or they look really happy that's because they've got a family with five kids. Um, they look really happy because they've got that great new car or whatever it is. Quite often we can attribute it to other people. Yeah. Something else that might bring us happiness is relationships, Um, either the moments in relationships or the happiness derived from just being in a relationship. I would say moments in would be the ones that that are more directly related to happiness. Yeah, and... New experiences as well. And, you know, that kind of overlaps with lots of like the purchasing of things, um, experiences within relationships. Mm. You know, there's a lot of, you know, crossover amongst these things. But new experiences can give us that same bursting feeling of happiness 
for a while. Yep. And definitely, this is a little bit like receiving something, but winning something or getting lucky at something. Like we do at the dinner table every night. It's a bit of a tradition for our family to play some kind of game, like a word game or a trivia game or something like that. And at the moment, our current thing is doing a quiz out of the Saturday paper. And we, we're all quite bad at it. And occasionally, you know, we, we get on a, a, I don't know, occasionally we, we sort of, one of us will get one right that no one else knew. And when I get something right that no one else knew, I am the happiest person on the planet for about 10 seconds until we get to the next question. And so knowing something, winning something, getting lucky at something, um, really does bring that, that little bit of happiness too. Yeah. And I think that probably flows into being heavily involved or connected or whatever with a team, a sporting team, you know, watching your team do well, or if you play sport yourself or are a master of something, maybe it's not sport, maybe it's chess, maybe it's cards, you know, when you experience those moments where either you are getting lucky or you're winning or just you've got great skills Mm. um, and are in the moment of, of sharing those or whatever, um, there's, definitely a whole lot of happiness tied up in that yeah when you're killing it or someone you love or some or a team you love is killing it that that will make you happy absolutely and giving to others as well uh sometimes people don't enjoy this as much as they enjoy giving to themselves but (laughs) for most of us giving to other people is something that brings us happiness and again it lasts quite often at the moment of purchasing. Like I quite enjoy shopping for other people, um, especially gifts and Mm. stuff like that. I think because it's the possibility of their reaction, which, you know, is exciting. And then the wrapping and the anticipation and giving it to them. But 10 minutes after you've given it to them, that happiness is gone. It's kind of tied up in the event itself. (laughs) So, mm. yeah. Yeah, and you'll look back and you'll be glad you did it, but the same level of happiness yeah. won't be there. Yeah, and actually, I one of the things you just said then reminds me of another thing that brings happiness, and that is anticipating a happy event can mm. make us happy too. So anticipation of a new holiday or like the new experiences or receiving something or giving something, anticipation can make you um, can give happiness too. Yeah, and I guess we should note that we not for one minute as suggesting that happiness is a bad thing. I guess what we want to do is highlight the difference between happiness and contentment because quite often, especially in our Western society, we look at happiness as a long-term antidote for mental pain or suffering or anguish, which it is not. Mm. The reality is bad things and sad things and tragic things will probably happen to each of us or to people that we know. And there's not enough chocolate in the world that you can eat or you cannot purchase enough pairs of shoes or book enough holidays (laughs) to ward off negative feelings that will come and negative situations that will come at points. And I guess the idea is to have a base level of contentment, which leads us nicely into contentment, which keeps you on a really even keel despite the expected ups and downs of life. So now it's probably worth going through what contentment is and isn't and some examples so that we can 
make it really clear in people's minds about the difference between the two things. Yeah. So contentment is uh, derived from the Latin word contentus, which I don't know if that's been pronounced correctly, but anyway, and it's usually translated as satisfied. So straight away we can see when we talk about happiness and contentment, we don't see a massive difference between those words. But if we look at luck and satisfied, they are, there's a huge difference in the meaning of those words. And so we're looking back on the origins of the words can actually show us the real difference between the two. And, yeah, that's where I think we, when we use them interchangeably, we might say I'm content or I'm happy. And I think it's more that we aim for happiness when probably what we should be aiming for is contentment. Mm. Yeah, well, happiness is, happiness is a bit more, well, it's, it's got that high in it. There's no real high in contentment and we are constantly searching for the high, aren't we? And so I think that's why happiness is the thing that seems to be more um, more sought after because it has that higher peak mm-hmm. to it, um, whereas contentment, you know, almost sounds boring. Yeah, I can, I can get that. And, <laughs> and, but it sounds, if you have a conversation with somebody, you say, oh, how are you going? If they say content, it's almost like, oh. Well, is that all? Yeah. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> Not me. I'm happy. I just booked a holiday. Yeah. So yeah. The anticipation. I just got new shoes. Look, I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. I guess contentment is this longer-term state of being. And when we mm-hmm. talk about it as the base level or a foundation, I guess that the aim should be to raise your base level or raise your longer-term state of being to more content rather than for looking for bigger, more frequent peaks, you know, on your happiness scale. I've got like a real visual picture of, you know, a graph going on here in my head. Um, <laughs> Same here. <laughs> but because this, the idea of contentment is this longer term state of being, it then when you are content, it's not easily affected by the external changes. So you can have a bad day or a bad week, or a bad year, and still be content. Where if you have a bad day, your happiness radar is through Mm. the floor. Yeah, that's right. And when you're content, you can still be happy, which, you know, does take us back to that quote at the start, um, where you can have happiness in contentment. And in fact, that's probably one of the best ways to have happiness. Because when the happiness goes away, you don't then have nothing. You don't have a void. You, you, you have your base level of contentment to, to sort of keep you afloat. That's it. And I want you to talk to me back around the word enoughness, which I think is a word <laughs> that you've made up, but I really <laughs> like it. Yeah. Enoughness is just this sense of enoughness is is the way I see contentment. I see contentment as feeling like your life is enough and you're enough and what you have is enough and that everything is just enough and you don't need to be seeking highs or seeking external stimulation or seeking new things in order to feel better um because you you have and you feel enough already so part of that feeling of enoughness is the sense of feeling complete as a person so if you you know and some for some people that might require a whole lot of work but if you can feel complete 
or relatively whole, that takes you a long way to feeling content or, you know, feeling this idea of enough. And Mm. you don't need the new purchase, the new experience to keep you buoyed because you are kind of, your base level is relatively high anyway. Yeah. And I think that, you know, another way to define contentment would be, like you said, just a lack of wanting or a lack of wanting more. And that doesn't mean that you you all of a sudden don't buy shoes <laughs> or you don't eat chocolate. It just means that you don't need them in order to feel complete. Mm-hmm. You already feel complete and they're just like the icing on the top. Yeah. And some people might find their way to contentment through doing the work to feel complete. And for some people that includes understanding your purpose or your meaning for your life. And, you know, that journey Mm. might take you 30, 40, 50, 60 years to feel like you understand your purpose. But Mm. part of being content is appreciating that you're on the journey to that, that it's not just about instant gratification on high dose Mm. repeat. Um, to get you through the days and weeks and years of your life. Yeah. I think another thing that can be part of contentment is respecting and accepting yourself as well. And this this often comes with age, doesn't it? And, you know, I'm older than you, but we're in a similar age bracket and we're both around that age where, a lot of people report all of a sudden figuring out who they are and all of a sudden being okay with who they are. And it does take a while, but a lot of people will report in their 40s is when they really start to realise that. But some people can get it earlier as well. Yeah, and I think that acceptance comes from stopping trying to impress others. (laughs) That you stop either caring about what others think or you realise that people are not thinking about you anyway. Yeah, and, as much as you think they are, yeah. yeah. And so you accept yourself. Plus, you I mean, you go through so much growth and turbulence and trying to figure out your place that quite often in your 40s you settle into some kind of rhythm and mm-hmm. maybe acceptance comes easier at that point. But um, Yeah. Yeah, I think well, the, I mean, a- there are a lot of people that are that are getting really good at accepting themselves at any age, and I think that acceptance is it's all about like it's it's not about deciding that you don't need to have goals or that you don't need to change but it's about saying that you're again it goes back to enoughness like that you're enough right now and if you want to improve that's cool but it doesn't mean you're not good enough right now without that improvement yeah being okay with where you are in the moment Mm. and together with that accepting or being okay with where others are in the moment because a lot of people's discontent comes from other people and Mm. either their expectations of other people that are not being met or one thing I've been talking to people about lately, which is a quote I saw on Instagram, which I loved, which was stop expecting you from other people. And I was like, oh, (gasps) so good because honestly that's where discontent that's what we all do, from, yeah. Is we think, well, I wouldn't have done it like that. I wouldn't say that. I would do this. Mm. And it's like, well, but you're not them. Stop expecting mm. you from them. They are them. And be okay with where they are, just like you should be okay yeah. with where you are. So I think oh, there's a whole lot yeah. in that. 
And we'll be back to that discussion in just a moment. If you really appreciate this podcast and get a lot from it, we would love it if you would consider becoming a Patreon supporter. This will help us keep the podcast content coming to you by covering some of our costs and importantly, keep it ad free. You can find the Become a Patreon button on our website at www.beuncluttered.com.au. We really appreciate your support. Thank you. Right now. Back to the discussion. So we've sort of gone into blurred over into examples of things that create contentment because, you know, that acceptance mm-hmm. of oneself and acceptance of others is a really good way to, to work on creating contentment. And you've mentioned expectations and I honestly believe that learning about dropping expectations has been one of the biggest things that has helped me with contentment like it's it's I read a book years ago and it was it was like a relationship sort of self-help thing and just trying to remember what it's called but we'll put it in the show notes anyway but I think it's called when words are not enough um seven loving actions to transform your relationship or something like that and a lot of that book wasn't helpful for me but one of the things that it helped me with and it wasn't in my relationship it was in my life in general and it was the focus on dropping your expectations and the fact that it's our expectations that make us miserable not other people's actions mm-hmm. it's our expectations of other people's actions that we that make us miserable and what they do is actually rather incidental and if we change our expectations what they do has very little effect on our sense of um, contentment or happiness so that that has been like for me that dropping of expectations has been a real life changer for me Mm. another thing or example of something that will get you a lot closer to contentment and I think this thing is huge is gratitude for Mm. what you already have and I heard recently someone say, imagine if you woke up today only with the things that you were outwardly grateful for yesterday. And I was like, Whoa. That's another punch, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you it's would powerful. Pretty, pretty soon change your perspective on gratitude and being openly grateful for everything you had because, oh, what was I openly grateful for yesterday? Maybe dinner, maybe my mm-hmm. dog. Yeah, I would wake up today with, out a lot of stuff but just that thought about instead of always looking forward down the road and what else you want have a Mm. look at what's around you and not just physical things but people your country potentially your the political system you live within you know your air quality your water quality like there's so much to be grateful for which Mm. we really do take for granted so I think that can get you to a good place of contentment too yeah and um looking for these things actively helps you notice them later more passively and so with an active gratitude exercise you will actually start unconsciously being more grateful as well which will build your contentment too Mm. and that leads into feeling like you've got all you need when you start Mm. seeing how abundant your situation is uh, with and having, you know, most of your basic needs met and then some and then some, you Mm. will realise you have all you need and that that extra 
pair of shoes or the new car or fancy set of diamond earrings, I don't know, whatever it is that you think you would be happy when you attained that, that will dissipate a bit because you realise that what you actually need is already what is around you and all those things are kind of superfluous to this long-term underlying feeling of contentment. That just reminded me, and I don't know. Now, here's a just a bit of background for you. Tara and I have already recorded this episode once and my I had a technical difficulty, that's in air quotes um, because it really was my fault uh, and it didn't record properly. And so I don't know whether I've said this in that episode or I've said it in another episode we've recorded, so I apologise if I'm doubling up here. But you just, when you said that, reminded me of another book I want to plug, um, which is Matt Haig's um, Midnight Library. Did I talk about that in another episode we've already released or did I talk about it when we were recording this one before? No, you talked about it in another one that we have released. okay. So it's applicable again to this one. Mm. I won't won't go into too much more detail than seeing I've already done it before. But, again, that that book will really highlight this idea that um, we can – we can think about what we already have um, to help us be more content. One thing, if you feel like you need to raise this base level and create more contentment in your life, one thing that is really important other than acceptance gratitude that we've already talked about and feeling like you've got all you need that can really move the needle on this big time is helping others. And Mm. once you kind of start looking outside of yourself and appreciating that the world is bigger than just you and your bubble, your immediate friends and family, helping others, and it's not just about seeing that you're in a better position than other people and so that makes you feel better, although that probably happens as well. There's something about that giving with no expectation on return that just, it's like it fills your soul. I can't even, without getting like mega spiritual about it, I can't really pinpoint why. But anyone that has actively engaged in helping people less fortunate, there is something, Mm. it changes your vibration. And I say that without any understanding of anything to do with (laughs) vibrations. But for me, it is something that, yeah, Mm. my base level will change because, I don't know, you feel like you're, part of a bigger system or something I don't know what it is maybe you can mm. talk around it more Beck if you've got no better I, words. I, no you I think you've expressed it I think everyone will know exactly what you're talking about so and, and another thing that creates contentment is being present um, so being immersed in your current activity can enhance contentment as well it can also enhance happiness levels but it definitely contributes to a longer term contentment level as well So I think one of the reasons we wanted to talk about these two different things, um, happiness and contentment, and why we kind of inadvertently or mistakenly interplay or interchange the two things is because I think we as people are going a bit wrong because we are attempting to attain happiness and the things which bring us a short burst of good feeling rather Mm. than attempting to create healing and contentment. And I think knowing the difference between the two and knowing that happiness is this short, unstable burst versus contentment is, uh, you know, is the long game, is the base level, is the homeostasis, if you want to get technical, which is Mm. 
um, I've written here in brackets in case I couldn't explain it, (laughs) Um, (laughs) relatively stable internal state that persists despite changes in the outside world. If you are trying to attain that, that is going to see you have a far more fulfilling life long-term than actively seeking out these short, sharp bursts of good feelings that we, yeah. that we you know, are trying to get by seeking happiness over contentment. Yeah. Okay. So you have said we might need to look for uh, something other than those short little bursts of happiness in order to build our contentment level. So we'll just talk now about a few ways, and we've already probably covered this because we talked um, a little bit outside the scope in the last thing where we were talking about things that create contentment and we started talking about this next section which is about finding it and what we can do to find contentment and mindfulness is um, one of the ones that that we you and I have identified is that like I just said before practicing mindfulness trains your brain to recognize enoughness and when your brain recognizes enoughness um, you are content also learn how to sit with all of the emotions that you're feeling like Understand that if something happens and you feel sad or you feel disappointed or you feel guilty, whatever it is, just learn to recognize that emotion and let it stay with you rather than trying to push the emotion down or squash it out of the way by trying to get back to that state of happiness. Because Understanding your emotions and letting them be and feeling them while you're feeling them and then moving forward through them will Mm. keep you in a much better place than feeling like you have to maintain this upbeat burst of happiness permanently because that's where you keep running for the next thing. You go from chocolate bar to new shoes to buying the holiday Mm. to a big night out with friends or whatever it is to try and keep you in this happy high state and it's just it's just not possible. So when you're feeling those other things, just let yourself feel them. Now Beck, you had this fascinating I don't know if you got it from a book or some Yeah, someone. an article. Yeah, you need to yeah. talk about this because this is really interesting and I'm not even going to attempt to explain it. <laughs> um, yeah, I read a few articles by uh, I have I found happiness researcher Daniel Cordaro and read um, a bit of his work, and one of the things that he talked about as a way to find contentment is to find out what our well-being contingencies are. Now, well-being contingencies are these conditions that we set for ourselves that we decide will bring will get us to a happiness level. So, for example, a um, a well-being contingency might be when I earn at least $70,000 a year or it might be when I'm married or it might be when I have backyard chooks or when I have a house in a certain suburb or when I'm driving the particular car or something like that. So these are our well-being contingencies and basically what we're saying is that we can't be happy until we have that which means we're not going to be we're, um, we're not going to feel like we're enough until that point which means that pretty much you don't feel like you're enough right now because you have these contingencies so there's nothing wrong with having goals but it's our attachment to them and the idea that we are not good enough until we achieve them that are taking away from 
potential contentment. So if you can figure out what your conditions are, your well-being contingencies, eliminate attachment to them. I don't mean drop them all together, but just eliminate attachment to them and decide that it's okay. You're okay enough as you are. You have this goal, but your life is still enough right now. You can ditch some of them, obviously, but you can keep the ones that work for you, ditch the ones that don't. But the ones that you are keeping, make sure that you think about how you are complete and enough without them. Because then if they don't happen, you will still be enough. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of like a concrete example that people can apply. And something that springs to mind because I've had friends or and or clients that have gone through this. One of these conditions or the well-being contingencies for a lot of women in particular is weight and is around weight that when I could get back to that size or when I've lost 10 kilos or 20 kilos, then I will be happy, then I will enjoy things. And this contingency, people carry this almost like a shield that they'll go on a holiday and maybe they're at the beach and maybe they're not wearing the bikini that they wish they were, but it's almost the barrier to them even enjoying the holiday because they think if I was Mm. 10 kilos lighter and in that bikini, this holiday would be amazing. I would enjoy myself. And so it kind of puts this, this barrier up between you and being in the moment and enjoying the moment because you're saying, that is where happiness lies. Happiness lies in me being 10 kilos lighter. And the problem yeah. is you miss out on so much of your life. So much passes you by and you don't allow yourself to enjoy it because you think your enjoyment or your happiness is contingent on you being in that state. And it is just not the case. And it doesn't mean mm. you let go of the goal to lose the weight. You just get to a point of acceptance that you can still enjoy your life and be immersed and have fun and have joy without yeah. and be enough yeah without mm. having to change your body size and sometimes that requires some harder work and maybe it's work that needs to be done with another person with a friend with a professional with something like that you can't always get there on your own and that's okay but i think recognizing if you have these contingencies and if you are attached to them can really help you you know, strive a bit more for contentment. Yeah. And again, like I said, it doesn't mean you don't have to try to change the things you want to change, but it just means that you're you're good enough now, even though you want to change, you're still good enough right now and you're still enough right now and your life is still enough right now. Together with that is the idea as well of enjoying the journey because a lot of us see happiness mm. as something that is at a destination at some point. And this goes, you know, hand in hand with the contingencies, thinking that when we get to this certain age or status or career title or amount of money in the bank or whatever it is, number of possessions in our home, that happiness exists in that place. And it is just not true. Mm. Happiness will come and go, like we keep saying. The the point is to enjoy the journey so rather than just focusing on a destination where you think magically everything will align and you will maintain this idea of happiness for the rest of your days just enjoy the the moments that come and go enjoy your base level of contentment and appreciate that that sometimes sad things will happen and that's just part of the journey but I think once you kind of get to a point of accepting that um, Mm. it does make it far more enjoyable 
And that, yeah, and happiness or happiness and contentment are both attainable at any point during the journey. Part of acceptance as well uh, of yourself and of others is knowing what's important to you, what's truly important to you. And maybe you need to step back a bit to gain this perspective. But if you can figure out what is important to you in your life and then attempt to live in accordance with that, um, that will really put you in good stead to feel content because living misaligned with your values really breeds discontent. Mm. So I think a lot of us have had times, I know I certainly have, where I've been living misaligned, but because I hadn't really nailed down or had the opportunity to step back from my life and figure out what was important to me, it just felt like it was wrong (laughs) and I couldn't really understand why um it just didn't feel like I was living the right way or doing what I wanted to do and I couldn't articulate why that was but with a bit of space and perspective and doing the work of figuring out what was actually important to me then I could go oh okay this is what is intrinsically important to me and this is how I'm living and there are parts of that that do not match then you can start making changes so that those things are in alignment And this one will probably be obvious because we've talked about this before in other podcasts or won't be obvious but won't be surprising that we're going to mention this. But quitting comparison uh, is another great way to become more content. Yeah, because that just, that's the thing. It's that whole thing of thinking that other people have it better. Yeah, it's like the opposite of gratitude. Mm, That's it. And it's. And yeah, we don't. And if gratitude is going to make us more content, then the opposite of gratitude is going to take away from that contentment. So, quit comparing, for sure. So, that kind of brings us to the end. In a way, we've outlined what contentment is, how it is different from happiness, and some examples of both, and and how you can get yourself to a better place of contentment or a can you say, can we say better contentment? Or maybe it's just content. <laughs> maybe it's black and white. You're content or you're not. Or you're not. Yeah, maybe. Um, so when you thought it just couldn't get any more complex than that, I'm going to throw something else in there as well. <laughs> if you want to read more about this, I'll put a link in our show notes. But it is a term called eudaimonia. I'm going to say it like that. I'm not convinced that is the right pronunciation, but... There, I I looked it up, and there were two pronunciations. So there was the one that you said, which I now can't even remember what you said. Eudaimonia, yeah. And then there was another a guy, um, a philosophy guy, and I probably would believe him more, but I'm not quite sure. And he said um, eudaimonia. Well, that sounds nicer. Eudaimonia. (laughs) Eudaimonia. Oh, now say I can. I can't even say it. So it's spelled E U D A E M O N I A. And that word or phrase, it's not really a phrase, that word, that concept is probably what I'm looking for, is more related to the contentment that comes from a life well lived or from flourishing and growing as a human. And Mm. there's a really good essay on this concept by... Yeah, you uh, go and say it. ...on eudaimonia... (laughs) Uh, by Colin Wright. So I'm going to put a link to that in our show notes. And yeah, it's it just takes it to the next level about how to how to make 
contentment uh, flourish, I guess, when you are not not only content with where you are, but you are taking active steps to further your mm. knowledge and further your growth as a as a person. So if you want more yep. on this, which you might have got sick of listening to us talk about it already, but <laughs> there is more. And so um, well, there'll be a link I found it so in interesting. Yeah, I, I found it so interesting that when I saw you put the word in the notes, I went and did some research and I ended up in a bit of a rabbit hole of Greek philosophy and ended up buying three books on Greek philosophy <laughs> and Stoicism. And so I was like, oh, this is interesting. And uh, so at the moment, I'm yeah, I'm reading books about Stoicism. Um, obviously, Sto- the Stoics weren't the only ones that talked about eudaimonia, but, you know, Epicureans and um, Aristotle and all of that. Um, it was all part of those schools of philosophy and I found it really, yeah, interesting diving in on that. So, yeah. Well, maybe there's a there's an episode on Stoicism. Yeah, well, they all the agreed. Well. They all agreed it was the goal of humanity. Hmm. And also Daniel Cordaro, when he was studying a previously uncontacted community in oh, Bhutan, I think, um, they also talked about this idea of contentment and um, a little bit like the Udanamiya um, about being their most revered goal as well. So it's definitely something that's been around a long time and lots of ancient cultures have found that, you know, this contentment is the, really the most important thing to be striving for. So the challenge this week for you is to... When someone asks you how you're feeling, <laughs> instead of replying with happy, say, I'm feeling content and see what people's response and are. And on purpose too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you can't, in all honesty, say you're feeling content, maybe you need to rewind this and come up yeah. with some of the, some of the ways you notes. can get yourself closer to that point. Yeah. For sure. So join us in our Facebook community group and um, we will see you next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.